it's Tuesday, and um, some very, I don't know if you can call it important things. I, don't, I wasn't really expecting anything in this press conference. And to be honest, I wasn't actually watching much of it, because I was doing some preparation for the show. And I'm sure Natasha's going to tell us all about what happened in the press conference this evening. But from what, I, from what I've been reading from um, the, the very funny people at... Uh, Dutch news, there's not a lot to be overly excited about. In fact, it's probably it's probably the worst case scenario. But uh, we'll, we'll get Natasha to um, to give us the latest on uh, what happened uh, in the press conference. I um I, I cut my hair, as you can see, Natasha. I cut my hair today. Does it look okay? Hang on, I can't. I think I think you need to unmute your mic because I can't hear you. I can hear something in the background, but I don't know what that noise is. It's like a, it's like a like a um, you know when you put your 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 ear to a, to a, a shell at the beach and you can hear the ocean in the background. That's what I can hear. But uh, I, I cut my hair whilst Natasha's sorting her. <laughs> This is what I love about the show. I cut my hair today because I thought, okay, well, I'm not going to the um, I'm not going to the to the hairdresser because they just hairdressers in the Netherlands are just outrageous with um, are just outrageous with with prices, and it's, it's I, I can never understand. I can never understand why it's it's so expensive in the Netherlands just just to get a haircut. It it blows my mind. I mean, especially for my kind of haircuts. You know, I don't get much done to my hair anyway. So I thought, you know what? I, no, I'm tired of paying 20 euros for my haircuts. I'm going to cut it myself. So I thought, look, you know, I've, I've had this haircut for Jesus. I don't know how long. I don't know how long I've had this haircut for, but, uh, I've had this haircut since gee, uh, since I was in what high school, and I thought, you know what, I'm I'm so I'm done. I'm done paying twenty euros for my haircut. Ha going to the hairdresser here is fucking expensive. I don't understand this. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to cut my hair today. I've look, I've had the same haircut for so many years. How hard can it be? So as you can see, I cut my hair, and um. I think I did a pretty good job. I, I, I'm scared to look at what the back looks like, but I think from, you know, first impressions, it's, uh, it looks good, don't you think? It looks neat. It's kind of schoolboy-esque. Yeah. yeah. Kind with of, a longer fringe. Kind of military, yes. Actually, I'm gonna, I haven't seen the back, so I'm going to show you the back. Tell me what you think, right? <laughs> Is it okay? Ladies and gentlemen, I am now Wade Hutchinson's stylist. <laughs> is yeah, the, it's is the back job. okay? It looks neat. Yeah, no, it looks even neat. Because you I was, I was just, I was just going by by feeling at the back, so I didn't actually know. Oh, so you know, I, I can feel it. Look, it feels like when I go to the hairdresser. So I thought hmm, it must be okay. And I've had this haircut since Jesus, since I was in high school. So I, I mean, if I can't manage this, then how am I going to manage in life? But I'm glad it looks okay. I mean, 
you know, it's either that or pay 20 euros, and I'm sick to death of paying 20 euros for my haircuts. I don't understand why it's so expensive. 20 euros. Try try between 75 and 125 Jesus, if you're a woman. What? Why is it so expensive here? I mean, when I was in London, I paid eight pounds for my haircuts in London, and it at was at your local barber. Yeah, and now, it was the best woman, haircut ever. Yeah. <laughs> Leo used to joke. Well, I still he thinks he still jokes. He looks at the price that I pay for to have my hair uh, colored, cut, and sometimes a treatment. He's like, "You're dropping a car payment on your hair, literally." That's yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it does sound like that, but I'm I guess. You know, you, you know, we all, we all, we all have our reasons to go to the hairdresser, and obviously, girls, you know, girls' reasons are to, you know, look good. So it's worth the price. To not look old, Wade. I'm going grey. Well, if it makes you feel better, I'm not even thirty, and I'm growing. I have grey hairs on the side of my beard. <laughs> For minutes, distinguished. Hi, Marius. For minutes, distinguished. You guys turn into silver foxes. We just turn old. And great. Mm. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yes, Marius, did you want to say something? Yeah. Sorry, no, I just wanted to say that uh, um, like I invested in a electric hair clipper or, uh, when I arrived here in the Netherlands five years ago. It cost me 35 euros, and I'm cutting my hair myself every month. Mm, I think, you know what? It's the best thing ever. You save so much money. Think about it. I'm now, because I cycle, I save so much money on public transport. Mm. I'm going to save 20 euros for my haircuts, which I, I usually go, what, every... I try to keep it to under a month because the kind of haircut I have, I need to keep it for... I need to keep it maintained because you can't... I, I don't like having long hair. I, if that makes yeah, sense. Uh, you're right. And, I, and that clipper that I bought um, was a Braun or something like I can't even remember. Wilson or Watson or yeah. something like that. Uh, Wallert or something like that. I mean, I've paid that thing back uh, so many times. Luckily, I have an easy haircut. So number two on the sides in the back yeah. and uh, number six at top. I sit down in the, in the bathroom and then I just cut my own hair. Yeah, honestly, it's... Since today, I, I've said to myself, "Why have I? Why have I not done this before?" And I'm, I, I I'm gonna. I, I feel so good about it. I, it's, I feel ter- I feel liberated now that I've cut my own hair, and you know, thankfully, I've. It's because I've had the same haircuts since I've been in school, so it's not really difficult for me to maintain. It's just the top, as you can see. I'm probably gonna have to get that sorted very soon before it gets a little bit too long, but. I'm I'm pleased with my hair. I mean, it feels okay at the back. I I don't feel like any long, like patchy spaces. So I'm happy with that. Anyway, that's enough about me talking about my hair. <laughs> uh, what happened tonight in the uh, press conference? Because I didn't watch too much of it. The only thing I saw was um, uh, Rota was trying to be on our side by saying, "Yes, he understands. It's been a very long month, uh, a very long nine months." Well, no shit. So, what happened? What? What? Is there anything positive coming out of this press conference that um, you can share the lights on, Natasha? Well, look. In his defense, you must remember he lost his mom 
Yes, um, I saw that earlier he... this year, and he didn't, he couldn't even see her when, yeah. with you know, the day she passed. So we also have to remember that he has firstly hand experience of, of what this is like for families. Um, unfortunately, no good news, but also no bad news. The situation is exactly the same. So all the rules that have in, been in place for the last two weeks, these remain. Sadly, they remain at least until Christmas in terms of only having three guests maximum per day in your home. Of course, uh, over the age of 13. Otherwise, it's as many as you want. Uh, the restaurants stay closed. Uh, everything is minimized as it was, but they also warned that the numbers are going the wrong way. So they might, there could be a chance that they even announce stricter measures before Christmas. You know, everybody was hopeful to see what, what Germany was doing and Germany went down to a partial lockdown and now everything's gone south. Mm -hmm. um, Angela Merkel is also saying they're looking at, you know, clamping down because their numbers have skyrocketed. So it doesn't seem like there's a solution to all of this. I have to admit, I didn't expect anything, but I do feel, I do feel a little depressed uh, at the thought of not seeing our extended friends uh, for Christmas, or that I have to decide who do I see on one day and who can't I see on another. Yeah, I know it is. It is depressing, and I was actually going to ask you the question, but you kind of answered it myself. Uh, you're, right now, I was going to ask you, do you think? Um, do you think that the, that the government is actually losing control of the situation? But you kind of answered that in in your statement. So, look, I, I, I that that that's a personal statement. I don't think they're losing control because the government doesn't control the situation. We as as citizens do, because I mean the government, for all intents and purposes, of of following the rules. You know, the Twitter Karma has split people attending offices. But if you look at the roads, if you look, look, listen to the traffic in the mornings on the radio, um, the highways are packed. Yeah. So it's people causing this. It's not the government. And there is no government on the planet that is getting it right, seemingly, which means we as human beings, as citizens, Have a are not doing our part. That's the point. We're irresponsible. I think it's a bit harsh to say that the government is losing control because, you know, nobody's getting it right. The Germans last week were the darlings of Europe. And it's going belly up for them. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. What I what I meant in the question was, do you think that the the Dutch should be more strict in regards to to do a complete France move? I, I, you know what, I I thought that a few weeks ago that maybe we should go stricter. But wait, to be honest, I don't even know if that's the answer, because even the the countries that have gone strict are, are back in the shit, so to speak. So I. Is in the vaccination programs. Luckily, luckily, we saw, and you're probably going to, talk, we saw the first round of vaccinations in the UK being rolled out this morning. Um, I'm hoping that that happens sooner rather than later, so that we can have some semblance of something in the future. But I don't think I don't think the answer lies in lockdown anymore because people just don't don't follow the rules. They're not respectful of each other, and you know we're just a bunch of selfish assholes. It seems. Well, uh, apparently, De Jong. Uh, I, there's, there's jokes going around that um, De Jong, when Hugo De Jong actually says something, it's um, it, it, it's actually it's his own time, so it's it's De Jong time. So when he says it's January fifteenth, which is when he says the, the they predict to get the people vaccinated, it actually means when it's when it's January fifteenth, it actually means May. That's Hugo De Jong's time. 
So there's jokes going on the Look, internet. It's, he, <laughs> I know, and but I feel sorry for the guy as much as I, I'm not a fan of his. Remember, it's not him who makes the decisions. Neither yes. is it Ritter. Sure. It is an entire cabinet that makes these decisions. But I, I feel for the guy. He wears some interesting shoes. He is a bit bland. But yeah, I wouldn't want to be the the minister of health right now. No, and I was actually just thinking to myself, and I, I this just shows you how how you know things are at the moment. It's how the situation is not just in, in the Netherlands but in, in Europe in general you know with everything that's going on in, in the UK I thought you know shit actually the UK is not a bad place at the moment but then that quick that thought quickly left my mind so I want to say are you rethinking your life's decisions yeah no that would never happen but you know we'll, we'll get onto that in the news but of course you know and you know look rightly so the UK should have their 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 moment in in um in the spotlight, I just uh, I saw some I saw some of the pictures coming out of the UK, and some of the videos. Um, William Shakespeare. I saw uh, Marius tweet about that um, in the group, or he sent a he sent a link. Some some guy called William Shakespeare um, had his vaccination, and uh, yeah, it's 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 great. But it goes back to my original. Um, uh, comment and you know that that William Shakespeare guy doesn't look like he's going to be there for two weeks but again you know that's not my that's not my thing to say I'm just at, I, I just don't think you should put it on people that aren't going to be alive for another two weeks but anyway look the lady the first patient they they vaccinated this morning they call her patient a yeah she's 91 years old yeah so I, I think exactly. it's, you know, these are the most fragile within society. And, you know, regardless of whether it's COVID related or is there time to pass, it's also a great way to see, you know, the efficacy of this and, and also to an extent the safety, because if, if the frailest of the frail are fine with this vaccination, you know, then, then the guy sprouting conspiracy theories who's fit in 35 shouldn't be scared of a little vaccination. No, no, Absolutely. Um, but the latest is, and as I say, we'll, we'll get into this later on in the show with, on, with the news, but the latest is um, uh, for people our age, uh, that's only going to be happening in, in the beginning of spring. So that's what, March, April, yeah, March, April sometime in the UK. But uh, speaking of the UK, I actually want to play you guys something. And uh, it's very interesting. This is from today, by the way, and this is from uh, my favorite, it's, from, since today, it's my favorite news agency, Deutsche Welle. Um, I put a I put a picture up in the in our in our WhatsApp group because it was just it was just solid gold, if I can describe it that way. But I'm going to play you guys something from earlier on from Deutsche Welle. Have a listen to this. As the first in the world to authorize the vaccine, the UK is dependent on public trust, and enthusiasm isn't universal. The risk is of what the long-term effects, but against it, I would take it, yeah, because the benefits outweigh the risks. Seems a sensible thing to do, yeah, and it's the only way we're going to get out of the pandemic. I think it's very, very fast how it's come out, um, but I trust it. I ain't taken. Now listen to this guy. This is my favourite guy. You're gonna. This this just goes back to everyone who, um, everyone that that has all of these conspiracy theories. Right, have a listen to this guy. Yeah, uh, I've done my research and the vaccine, yeah. Uh, so basically, it's like a chip. Where have you um, researched your concerns? You said uh, YouTube and Facebook. 
So that kind of that you, again, he just he just admits it. That's where he gets all his research from, from YouTube and Facebook. Apparently, they're going to insert a chip into us. I don't know. That's what a vaccine was, but you see, these are the people that shouldn't be vaccinated, in my opinion, because if this is where you rely on your information and this is where you get your information from, then please stay far away from this stuff and don't waste government's time and resources on stuff like this. I mean, he's openly said he's not going to take the vaccine. So why bother give it to him? And he's even opened, he's even honest to say he gets all his information from YouTube and Facebook. The least place, the least of the two places you want to get information from. So from the, from, from, you know, by the sounds of it, it sounds like most people just want to get the, just want to get it over and done with this vaccine. And rightly so. You know, if it means... Being able to go and travel, obviously, we've had this argument many times. It's not going to get the economy and things back up and running again, but it'll store some kind of normality back into uh, our our lives. So if it means we can be a little bit more free and, you know, go and visit our, 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 our extended family over Christmas or over Easter or whatever, then fine. Let's just do it. Get it over and done with. And stop whinging, because that's one thing that's starting to irritate me now with all these people. But uh, what do you make about this? Do you think um, do you do you think these people are are right to to be skeptical about this? Or look, I I had a debate with another person about this this whole thing today, and she said, you know what, you need to respect people's beliefs Absolutely. and that they have differing opinions. And I said to her, there's no issue with that. I said, but if your belief and your opinion has an influence on public health, then that blanket of let's agree to disagree shouldn't exist anymore. Are they, do they have a right to think that they are chips? You know, I, no. I suppose you can think anything you want, but there is zero, but zero evidence that that is true. And if you even look at the, you know, micro and nanotechnology, it doesn't fit into the size of the vaccine needle or the vaccine itself just it's physically impossible what they're actually even spouting as truth so you know there is zero zero evidence and you cannot tell me that entire global um, body of uh, medical professionals ethical professionals legal professionals and the media are all in some sort of global cahoots it's impossible uh, it's laughable but yet they still believe it. And I'm sorry, I was listening to the guy's accent. He sounds like he come f comes from some dodgy part of, of the UK in comparison with the other two people. So, I mean, to my mind, that also creates a whole picture in my head of the, t the type of guy he is. Uh, I've done my research and the vaccine, yeah. Uh, so basically, it's like a chip. Where have you um, researched your concerns? You said uh, YouTube and Facebook. Yeah, so this kind of guy, this is the typical kind of guy you'll find on the on the subway begging for money. And I'm not saying that because this is what this is what he looks like, but this is the kind of guy that you'll find typically in a place like Charing Cross or Trafalgar Square. And they'll be on the ch on the platform begging for money. So, yes, no, he's from he's from a type of, a part of London. They call it the the uh, the West End of London. So, it's basically all the chevy Kind of parts of the of 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 London. The this people who say water instead of water. Yes, and what, and all of that. Yeah. So this is the kind of guy that almost stabbed me in January. That kind of guy. Um. Yes. No. No. I I totally understand because I mean, 
if you had to see what he looks like, you're, I mean, the best way, as I said, the best way I can describe him is Chavi. Just very shady, uh, scruffy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, look, but I'm also being, I'm also being facetious and, and nasty. I mean, I've yeah. also met seemingly intelligent uh, people with university degrees who believe in the same nonsense. In South Africa right now, uh, there's, I, I, you know, Marius will probably know, but you should know Chris Chameleon from Boo. I, I saw the, you, you the, put, the, you put a, singer. Yeah. this guy has put something on Facebook, completely full metal jacket. He's anti-science. He's actually verging on racist. He's a complete moron, but he has a massive following. He is actually lightening uh, people who wear masks to fascists, Nazis. I mean, how how irresponsible and how delusional must you be to even make that comparison? And I mean, he's not a dumb guy. He's educated, he's well-spoken, and he has a large following. And he believes this nonsense. So, you know what? It's it's people from all walks of life, but I seriously doubt your your common sense if you believe in this nonsense. Sure. I mean, and sticking with sticking with SA, I see that um, that that clicks are in talks with government to dis- to distribute the COVID nineteen vaccine. Um, they say they want to help governments uh, governments to distribute the to distribute and administer the COVID nineteen vaccine. Uh, they say that it has the necessary temperature sensitive system uh, to transport and store the vaccine. Uh, Shoprite and Pick and Pay have. Uh, previously said they can also assist in the distribution. So there's, there's some there's some positives coming out of it, but as I you know as I said previously on a on a previous show that um, apparently and I don't know if it's true, but apparently the SA can't really afford all the COVID nineteen vaccines because some this apparently there's not enough money in the government. I mean, who would have thought the ANC they doesn't have. A- yeah. Don't have money. They missed a payment. Li- they missed a payment deadline because obviously, all <laughs> of these vaccines were designed and created in good faith. But knowing that there's only a certain amount of each to go around the world, so as a government, you needed to reserve and most likely give an advance payment for a shipment, for example, of let's say two million vials of the Pfizer vaccine. They missed their payment deadline. But if you look at the case with Ace Mahashulu and everything that happened happened around the PPE scandals, mm. it's not surprising. But now an entire nation of 54 million people have to suffer because of a few greedy politicians. But yep. I mean, that's the case in many parts of the world at the moment. Sure, absolutely. Look, it's 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 a sign of of, of, of good things to come, not just an essay, but in, in, in the world. And um, we're just going to have to grin and bear it for a little bit longer. And um, yeah, I, 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 I can see there's a light at the end of this tunnel. And uh, as I said, you know, it's not going to get everything kickstarted, but it's it's a small it's a small step to getting, you know, things back up and running in regards to us, not the economy, but humans. So all good news is on the horizon. Okay. Um, by the way, someone said to me yesterday because I said on the show when I was reading the news that um, I called it Area Fifty Nine. Actually, Area 51, according to someone who listened to the podcast. It just shows you how much I pay he's, attention. He's right. Yes. <laughs> but I'm proud of you because if you, if you, that just shows you you're not a conspiracy theorist. If you don't even know the difference between 59 and 51, you're obviously not invested in looking at aliens 
and right. alternative life forms on Earth. So a way that actually puts you in the not a conspiracy theorist basket. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, you're too kind, Natasha, thank you. But it, it was interesting. I, I, I thought it was Area 59, and it turns out it's Area 51. But as you say, it just shows how much I pay attention to this, um, to this nonsense. But wasn't there something last year, Trump said he's going to open the doors or something to, to Area 51, and there were people camping outside? It was, a pub- it was a publicity stunt by a few actors and it went viral that people are going, that, you know, that people, they rallied on social media and they shared the coordinates and they said, listen, if we all go at the same time, the government won't be able to shoot and stop us all. So it was just one big publicity stunt and nothing actually ever happened. Hmm. Well, good to know that I don't know anything about this. Just like this, uh, this insane Jewish guy who apparently, even according to his own countrymen, have said he's gone insane and beyond. So good to know that I'm not alone out there. All right, uh, let's play a song. Uh, stretch your legs, get things uh, all warmed up. And um, when we come back, we're going to digest some more um, of, the, of the news that came out uh, of the world. Not a... Not, not a hell of a lot. Obviously, as I say, the, the UK is taking in all the news, and you know what? Rightly so. They've they they've got they they they've got this this vaccine first, they've approved it, so um rightly so. Here is a uh, my one of my favorite singers, and if if she was single, I would so date her. She's Demi Lovato and uh, cool for the summer. Tell me what you want, what you like, it's okay. Cool for the sun. 
I love this girl. She's a good singer. And I was actually really horrible to her when I was on radio uh, a couple years ago because, um, you know, she went on the meds and uh, she went uh, she went to go see some special people to go and get her sorted. And I got in trouble for that. And uh, I didn't I didn't mean it in that way. I was just, you know, trying to make light of a horrible situation for her. But of course, everyone, no matter what I say, everyone seems to take things uh, for in the in the other in the other way but uh, i'm actually uh, i'm glad that she's all fixed up and uh, she's a really good um she's a really good looking person i mean this is the kind of girl i would this is my the kind of girl i i would date good body very good tan uh sexy mm. it's like everything about her is perfect she can sing this is my kind of girl so Anyone who's any females, and there's a lot of females that listen to this uh, to this show, and I honestly I couldn't ask for anything more. So if you are this, if you do fit this description, uh, please email me at wade at uh, amsterdamlab.online and uh, send a picture of yourself and let me know. Let me see what you look like. Maybe we can you know sort something else. Mm. Okay. Yes. Did you want to say something, Natasha? I, I, I'm going to reserve my comment. I'm just thinking maybe it's not a good idea. Remember, remember those. Remember that radio station we used to listen to growing up, five. And whenever the DJs wanted to just like, whenever the DJs wanted girls to send pictures of themselves, they would say on air, "Send us a picture of yourself to I don't know, like Wade at five FM and girls would do that. But I don't think girls would do that now. It's horrific. It is horrific and so sexist. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, singers, uh, Chris, one of Chris Chameleon's uh, album is called Yay and Ek and Ek and Yay. Do you know this album? Oh. Uh, yeah, the man's gone full, 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 mm. full Afrikaans mode. He's now the. Yeah, he wants to be the next uh, Bless Bridges, Steve Hofmeyer, Lord knows what else. It's, yeah. It's not my cup of tea, as you can imagine. No, no, of course. But it's just interesting how a guy like this has just gone full-blown um, incognito, if I can call it that, on, on this kind of stuff. And it's terrible. I mean, when he, he with Boo, he used to be alternative. He used to, you know, question the status quo, but in a good way. This is a man who wore drag and makeup on stage and is supportive of equal rights. And now he's camping out with this... Sienical Bura, remember the big EFF, mm-hmm. Sienical uh, Bura, he was there with his wife. He lives in he lives on a farm in Bloemfontein now, so he likens himself to like a real Afrikaner farmer. So he's gone completely the flip side. Blames the government for absolutely everything, talks about Afrikaner rechter. I mean, he and Steve Hofmeyer could be best friends, but I think their <laughs> egos might clash. So I don't know who's the bigger idiot. Look, I look. I, it's it's interesting to see how this is, you know, how this has happened. But you know, I guess this is what happens when you get locked up for a long time, and you don't have anyone to perform to. But that, I, I think, that's just my view on it. Look, I think everyone's entitled to their own opinions. I think you should just keep certain opinions to yourself, and especially conspiracy theories. Yeah, and don't incite your followers to not wear masks and call people who wear them fascist Nazis. 
that, that what, that's just, just one step too far. Is that what he said? Oh. Read his Facebook page. It's it's uh, it's a minefield at the moment. Mm, I don't think I'll be doing that anytime soon, but good to know. Even I'm wearing a mask. I mean, that just shows you how much I've changed. Okay, uh, let's get into some news. Um, and can you believe it? It's it's almost a year. Well, it has been a year, but it's almost been a it's almost been a year since China reported its official case of uh, Corona nineteen. Because obviously, Corona started in November, unofficially in China, and then they realized, oh shit, this is getting out of control. Too many people are eating cats and dogs. Let's actually report this. And it's it's almost been a year since China officially, according to the WHO, reported their um, their their first cases of uh, of uh, COVID. And what's interesting is that uh, since since this since all of this has blown over, Wuhan has has reopened again, and uh, hundreds of hundreds of people are going back to work. Uh, shops are packed again. Uh, the wet markets opened again. People are jostling to buy fresh vegetables, live fish, frogs, dogs, cats, turtles, everything. So good to think, good to see things are uh, back to normal in China. And uh, according to uh, uh, Reuters, uh, they say that there's a f- there's few hints that remain of Wuhan's early role in the coronavirus pandemic, which has since infected more than 67 million people globally, killing around 1.5 million people. Uh, China first alerted the World Health Health Organization um, on the 31st of December, so they say, and so the World Health Health Organization says, and authorities were quick to shut down a wet market in the city the next day after discovering some patients were vendors or dealers. Mm. See, now stuff like this really, really, really irritates me because... You know, I don't know. Look, I don't know what China did in regards to controlling the virus, but it's just not nice that, you know, they were the ones who started this. And now, you know, 80% of China's back to normal again. It's just, it's really frustrating that. Um, okay, let's get into some news from the UK, because I'm sure everyone, if you haven't been following the news in the UK... We've actually got some. We've actually got an interview that one of our our journalists here at Amsterdam Lab managed to sneak a microphone up uh, up uh, Boris Johnson's ass. This is what it actually sounds like um, from his ass. So um, this is this is a microphone that they've managed to sh- somehow shove up his ass, and this is what it sounds like when he talks from his ass. I'm always hopeful. Yes, I, I'm very hopeful. Um, but I've got to be honest with you. I think that the situation at the moment is is very tricky. I think that um, our, our, our friends have, have just got to understand that uh, the UK has left the European Union in order uh, to be able to exercise democratic control over, over the way we do things. And uh, then there's also the issue of, of fisheries where we're a long way apart still. But, you know, hope springs eternal and um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to to sort it out if we can, but I want to stress one thing, which is very, very important. I think people need to, need to realise that whatever happens, it's, it's going to be different on January the 1st. You know, whatever kind of deal we get, whether it's going to be like Australia or like Canada, there's going to be change, and businesses and people need to get ready for that change. I hope everybody, everybody understands that. 
that was Boris Johnson talking from his ass. As you could hear, he was struggling to to talk to us. Um, he was at a he was at one of the hospitals that um, was uh, uh, vaccinating one of the first elderly patients uh, in the UK. So as you can see, it's not just me that says it. It's true. We managed to get one of our journalists to sneak a microphone up his ass, which isn't that difficult because it's so big. And this is what he actually sounds like. Now, uh, obviously, the UK is uh, calling this their V-Day. And uh, at-risk patients in the UK will begin uh, receiving the role, uh, or they have already been receiving, the, receiving their, their coronavirus jab today, and what has been described as a victory day uh, in the newspapers. Around 70 hospitals across the UK have uh, been giving the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine to uh, over 80s, as well as some health and care staff. Now, among the first to receive the jab was uh, a guy by the name of William Shakespeare. And uh, he, was, uh, comment he commented to say he was very excited to get the vaccine. Uh, sticking with the UK, uh, Boris Johnson is uh, going to Brussels, and uh, he's going to go and face. He's going to have face-to-face -face, uh, talks with Ursula von der Leyen, in what they call a final push to break the deadlock in uh, Brexit negotiations. A UK government source said that uh, things are looking very tricky, whilst MPs uh, have voted to reinstate. Uh, uh, sections of the Internal Markets Bill, which basically, if you don't know what the Internal Markets Bill is, it basically just means that it basically just means that it gives Britain just to it gives them leeway just to do whatever they want and not respect international law, which also means overriding sections of the withdrawal withdrawal agreement. Uh, and this is very interesting. Uh, uh, apparently, breakdancing is going to be included, or they're thinking of including this in the Olympic Games in Paris in 2024. Uh, they say including breakdancing in the Olympics, in the Olympic Games, will make a mockery of the events. A sporting legend has warned, uh, breakdancing will be called breaking uh, when competitors take to the floor. And it was proposed two years ago after trials at the 2018 Youth Games. Uh, an Australian squash uh, player said that it's great news and that uh, he looks forward to uh, uh, to watching people break dance on uh, on stage. Can you call this a? Is this such a thing? I didn't even know this was a sports break dancing, but apparently they're going to include this into the uh, into the into the Olympics in two thousand and twenty four. And this is very interesting. I don't know much about this guy. I'm sure Natasha and Marius and most of the old Dutch audience that listen to the podcast will probably know. A Dutch country singer, Danny Vera, has knocked uh, Queen's Bohemian Raps Rhapsody uh, off the top of the traditional top 2000 uh, best love songs in an annual competition organized by Radio Tuya. Now, the top 10, the top 10, uh, uh, artists are uh, Danny Vieira with Roller, Roller, Roller Coaster. Uh, second is Queen with Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, the, the Eagles with Hotel California. Billy Joel's at number four with Piano Man. 
there's a, there's a lot of good people on here. Uh, Led Zeppelin with a Stairway to Heaven. Pearl Jam with Black. Oh uh, shit! Uh, number seven is a Bodevein de Groot. Do you need some help, Wade? It's a Bodevein de Groot. Uh, how close was I, huh? How close was <laughs> I? Give myself a pat on the back for that. With Avant and Coldplay, Fix You. That's a cool song. I like that. Pink Floyd, Wish You Were Here, and David Bowie, We Could Be Heroes. So a lot of good, a lot of good people on this list, but Danny Vera, I've never heard of this guy. In fact, I've actually got a um, a clip for you guys, so you can so you can hear it. This is Danny Vera with Roller Coaster. Never heard of this guy before, but apparently he's a sensation in the Netherlands. Right, let's speed up because I'm tired of the introduction, the chorus of the song. To the farthest place on earth hmm. I know. Can travel all the roads you see. Cause I know you there with Wow, you would never think this guy is Dutch. What a what a voice. You don't have to slow me down. And that song is an international hit. It was even a hit in South Africa. Really? I this yes. is news to me. Wow, well kudos. Look, I mean there are a lot of Dutch artists that we don't know that unless you move here. You wouldn't have known that they were Dutch, and then number one globally, you know, whether it's your 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 house DJs like Timo Maas and the yes, likes, so. or actual artists. Yeah, no, that's terrific. I mean, I'm well impressed with that. Well done, kudos to him. I mean, I thought this this was when I thought. I mean, when I think of Dutch country singers, I'm thinking of Afrikaans Afrikaans country singers, but that's totally not what I what I, what I was expecting. Kudos. What well, I can see, I can see why it's number one. And what's interesting is that uh, his song "Roller Coaster" was released last year, and took the number four spot in the two, in a two thousand and nineteen poll. Uh, the song is now beating Queen, who has held the top spot for the past five years. In fact, Bohemian Raps Bohemian Rhapsody has only been ousted four times since the uh, since the ranking was first organized in 1999. Mm. Uh, in 2005, uh, Bodevein de Groot uh, topped the list with Arvind. Uh, the, the Eagles Hotel California was topped in 2010 and 2014 and in 2015. Uh, Imagine by John Legend took the top spot. Uh, oh, in 2015, should I say? I'm getting ahead of myself. In 2015, John Legend, imagine there's no heaven, uh, took the top spots. Hmm, I'm well impressed with that. Kudos to this guy. I'm impressed with that. That's made my evening. Hmm. Is this the kind of person you would listen to? Do you like this kind of music, Natasha? I like, as I get older, this is probably giving my age away, I, I like singer-songwriters and folk folk singers more. But I mean, my, my usual musical taste leans more to, to alternative uh, new metal and rock. Linkin Park was my all-time favorite band mm -hmm. for a long time. But I, I appreciate singer-songwriters who write good lyrics. I mean, Ed Sheeran is absolutely nothing to look at, but he's a good singer-songwriter. Well, look, Ed Sheeran is middle of the road in regards to content, which is why radio stations play him, because he doesn't offend anyone. Everyone loves him. 
It's the same as Bruno Mars. He's middle of the road. Um, yeah, but Bruno Mars is not a singer-songwriter. Bruno Mars is a musician and he's an entertainer. I wouldn't put them in the same in the same category. No, no. In regards to music, their their music is pretty much you know it's very love love songy. It's a, it's a kind of song that you would sing to your girlfriend or or if there's a girl that you like, you would sing that song to them. Um, Marius, do you like do you like um, this guy? Def Leppard. I love Def, Def Leppard. When love and hate collide. Marius likes the 80s metal. Mm. Def Leppard are fantastic. In fact, yeah, I'm, uh, one of my one of my yeah, I wouldn't say favorite, but in the top twenty rock bands because I used to listen to a lot of rock music um, uh, when I was a teenager. I, I like Def Leppard. They're really a, 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 a good band to listen to. ACDC. Yeah, I'm I'm heavy breathing because I'm busy outside running. Is that why you sound like you? Okay, where are you running to? You're running away from your family. I guess that's uh, the case. Uh, <laughs> this is my daddy. Part of my daddy. Oh, well, there you go. This is a first on the show. Marius is running. And how far do you run? How like what's your what? what do you have a certain target, or do you just run? No, I I I have a three target, which I'm trying to equal to the strength of that time. Uh, but if I go for longer runs. I, I really go beyond 8K. So hmm. tonight is just a 3K run. Well, look, I, 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 I admire you for this, but it's not something you would see me do anytime soon or any t- or in general. I just don't understand running. I mean, it's, it's Jesus. After, after cycling 25Ks, I'm dead. And now I have to run. I can I, I never understand these people. You, when you, when I go to work, I see people running at six o'clock in the morning and it's freezing outside. I, I don't understand these people. Maybe in summertime, I can, you could probably twist my arm, but not in winter. It's too cold. I love my bed too much. If I don't have to get out of bed, I'm not going to get out of bed. But I have a lot of, uh, a lot of um, uh, uh, kudos to give to you. Is this also because you drink too much whiskey, so you have to get rid of the whiskey in your system? Well, it's trying to balance the whiskey. <laughs> well, I got a surprise for you since you're running. This is one of my favorite Def Leppard songs. I don't want to fight no more. I don't know what we're fighting for. When we treat I love this kind of music. I can listen to this music all day long. But uh, well done to uh, Danny Vieira, uh, Roller Coaster. Go and listen to it. I'm impressed with that. Uh, lastly, uh, in the news, this is a very strange uh, story. But a, a Lego piece has finally fallen out of a, 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 a kid's nose two years after he inserted it into his nose. Now, I'm sure Natasha probably knows about this with her kids. But uh, after apparently after two years of this Lego piece being stuck inside this kid's nose, it has finally fallen free. Uh, this kid's from New Zealand. He's, he's seven years old. 
and he decided to insert a small Lego block up his up his snoz uh, two years ago. A fact that he a fact that he uh, informed his parents about it at the time. Uh, his parents said that uh, one day he just told us that he decided to do this, and uh, when they tried when they tried their best to to bring it out of out of his nose, there was a lot of blowing and uh, there's a lot of tweezers. They just couldn't get it out. So the father said, "You know, you know what? Just leave it in the nose. Let let nat- nature do its thing. It's going to fall out eventually." And they weren't expecting it to be up, up lodged up his nose for two years. But it's apparently come at the at, at his nose, and uh, Jesus, can you imagine this 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 child's breathing? Hmm? The breathing he must have. I mean, he must have developed some sort of way to breathe because if it's it was if it was stuck in his nose for two years, it smells. Oh Jesus! Can you something imagine? is stuck? Now what? Now you lo- you're saying have I had experience? I apparently did this when I was t- two or three. <laughs> Um, the doctor literally had to take out a piece of sponge oh, from my sinus cavity because my mom said she she started smelling something was not great with with something with my breath or my nose. So they thought yes, maybe so. it's tonsils, whatever. They took me to the doctor and the pediatrician said, oh, no, there's a piece of sponge up there. And it obviously had rotted over a period of time. Um, but they, luckily they could take it out. No, actually, Luca, when he was two, Somehow he had lodged a piece of cereal up there, mm. but um, luckily I've noticed it and I saw a, a video uh, a paramedic posted. It, but this is not advisable. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you have small children, uh, consult a doctor before you do this. <laughs> um, they had a it was a video on, on how to take it out without <laughs> sticking your fingers or anything up there. So you you close the other nostril and then you almost as, as if you're giving a, a breath when you give somebody CPR blow yeah. through their through their mouths and then the piece of cereal popped out. But I mean, if there's a screw up there or something with jagged edges, don't do it and take the kid to the pediatrician. Not I sure as hell would have not left a Lego block off my kid's sinus for two years. Well, I, I mean, been at the doctor the very next day. It kind of just shows you what kind of parents he has because his parents were like, no, let's just let natural, no, let us just fall out naturally. Um, but as as you did as you did rightly say, um, it did uh, it did. Uh, develop some sort of a smell in fact the, the, the parents described it as a veneer kind of smell and it had a bit of fungus it's on disgusting. it disgusting yeah but uh I, I i had something similar i didn't stick anything in my nose but i remember when i was a kid and uh we we bought this uh, the can of uh, whatever it was i can't i don't know what what flavor it was but a can of something and uh i opened the can of of uh, of whatever it was, as I drank it, a bee went into my mouth, and uh, apparently, it, it, and this probably shows I'm not allergic to bees because a bee went into my mouth as I put the the drink in it. I, I didn't know, and it stung me and my um, what's that? What what do you call that thing? Um, the top of your mouth. What was it called? Um, the roof of your mouth. The roof, yeah, the roof of my mouth. It stung me. I didn't feel anything. What? What? What is that, Marius? Uh, sorry, yeah, I'm gonna. Go. There, there is a word for it. A pellet. There you go. The pellets of my mouth. So we're getting scientific on the show now, and um, 
Yeah, so my luckily my dad was in the military. He was a he was a, a medic, so he knew how to do all of this stuff. So when we got home, and uh, he managed to get some tweezers and pull this bee out, but uh, that was that was the closest any thing got into my body. So I've I've lucky I've never been uh, I've never done anything like that. I mean, obviously I I used to watch these um these programs. Uh, it used to be on Bob TV. What was it? A uh, emergency nine one one or something like that, or nine one one emergency or whatever. That very old, cheesy American emergency program, and you used to watch like a lot of these uh, reenactments, which at the time we all thought was like pretty good acting, and you used to see like kids swallowing Lego blocks, and then the ambulance would come and uh, take it out of them. So I used to watch all of these programs and think, okay, well I'm not doing that. I'm not. Gonna sp- I'm not prepared to swallow something and let the ambulance come and stick their fingers down my throat. But, um, yeah, that just kind of shows you what kind of parents this guy had. You know, I look, I think to their defense, I don't think they were expecting it to be lodged up there for two years. But still, you know, I would I would have taken my child straight to the um, straight to the emergency ward and just uh, get it done very easily and then it's all done, over and done with. Okay, um, that wraps up the show for today. I must say I'm I'm looking forward to our, our guest we're going to be having. I was just waiting for her to confirm a, a day. Um, her name is Angela, and uh, she's a, 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 a Brexit... Uh, a, 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 not a supporter, she's not a defender, but she's a Remainer. And I've seen some of her tweets on, on on Twitter, and it's one of the reasons why I want to get her on the show. It's just to get her side of the of the story, because obviously, as as you know, I'm I'm a I'm a supporter of the Remain campaign, and I think Britain uh, Britain needs the EU, and the EU needs Britain. But unfortunately, that's not the case. But it will be good to have her on the show, and just. Get her, you know, let her vent her her opinion on Brexit. I think it's, that's probably one topic we haven't covered on the show. And I think what better time to do it as it's as we're heading into the eleventh hour of talks? What better time to to get someone on the show and talk about Brexit? So I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to to having her on the show potentially this week. And Natasha just needs to confirm some dates with her. But I am uh, looking forward to talking with her, and I'm so pleased that she's uh, accepted uh, uh, my invitation uh, to come on the show. Okay, uh, wrap up warmly. I think it's going to be sunny tomorrow because on my way to the studio, it was so beautiful. I was going over this bridge, and I saw the sun going down, but it was the sky was all it was like a peachy color, like a pinky peachy color. And usually, what the, usually when it's like that, they say it's going to be sunny the next day. So let's see, let's see. It's probably going to be cold but sunny. Let's see. Uh, wrap up warmly, and uh, we will chat tomorrow.